All right, let's uh, take our Bibles and we're going to turn, well, let's go to Deuteronomy 17 first. You know, I've just spent quite a bit of time talking about uh, the history of the nation of Israel, but I, I used Stephen's speech in the book of Acts as sort of the outline. And Stephen stopped with his speech at Solomon. And the reason he stopped with Solomon was that he didn't need additional proof to prove that Israel has always been stiff-necked and hard-hearted. And even though Stephen didn't need additional witnesses to prove his case, I, I still think it's important for us to extend our understanding of the history of the nation of Israel. And that's what we're going to do. And I don't really know how much people know about the history of the nation of Israel after Solomon going into the captivity and returning out of captivity back to Jerusalem to the end of the Old Testament. I, I, so that's what we're going to do. We're going we're to start with Solomon and we're going to move forward. And so, actually, we're going to jump back a little bit before Solomon and think about David. So, so where are we in the history? And we, we know that we've gone through, uh, during, using Solomon's speech, he went through Saul and he went through David and, and went to Solomon. Solomon, being David's son, became king of Israel. And so we know, if we jump back just a little bit from Solomon, we know that David became the king of Israel. And we know that it's described of him that he was a, a man after God's own heart. But many times we think about that from David's perspective and think David was a man that wanted to do what God wanted him to do. But actually, David is the king that God had chosen. He was a man of God's choosing. Saul was the king that the children of Israel wanted. David is the king that God desired. And so, so we understand that, that there's something different about uh, David's kingship. He was the king of God's choosing. And so we, we think about that, and we know that God had says, I'm going to give you a king. Deuteronomy chapter number 17 and verse 14. When thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt possess it, and shalt dwell therein, and shalt say, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me. Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. One from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. And so David is that king that God has cho chosen. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother, but he shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt, to the end that he should multiply horses, for as much the Lord hath said unto you, you shall henceforth return no more that way. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away, neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. And it shall be, when he setteth upon the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book, out of that which is before the priests, the Levites." And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. 
that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. And so we understand that God is going to give them a king, and it's to be a king after God's choosing. It's not a king like the other nations. It's to be a king like God chose. But if you go to 1 Samuel in chapter number 8, and again, I'm, I'm running some references here just because we're talking about history. And here we know that the children of Israel said, 1 Samuel chapter number 8, verse number 1, And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his son judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second Abiah, and they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after filthy lucre, and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. And so we know that Israel's not doing what God told him to do. God said, Don't choose a king like all the other nations. Choose a king after my own choosing. They didn't follow God's guidelines and Samuel warned them verse number 10 of 1 Samuel 8 and Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that ask of him a king and he said this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you he will take your sons and appoint them for himself for his chariots and to be his horsemen and some shall run before his chariots and he shall appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties and will set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make instruct his to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. And he shall take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. And he will take your fields and your vineyards and your oliveyards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take away your men servants and your maidservants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep, and, he, and you shall be his servants. And you shall cry out in that day because of your king, which you have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. And so Samuel warned them, but they would not listen. And so they got Saul. And we know all that situation that happened with Saul. And now Saul is dead, and, and, and God has anointed David. Actually, you know, we know, we know he anointed David before Saul was dead. But now David is a man after God's own heart. He is the king after God's choosing. And so we know that. But we know David wasn't perfect. Right? David made some bad decisions. He sinned with Bathsheba. And you know what? I'm going to share some things with you that I've learned recently. And this is the reason why we should always be studying the Scriptures. We never know it all. None of us can say, well, I've read that once, I don't need to read it again. None of us can say, I know all the Old Testament. I don't need it. I, I listen to a thing called Bible Talk. And Bible Talk is three guys... And they're walking through the Scriptures. And I know I've told you that many times, but it's something you ought to listen to. They make the Word of God come alive in ways that I can never imagine. And so, anyway, do you ever wonder why Ahithophel 
one of David's counselors, chose to go with Absalom and Absalom's rebellion against David. Why would one of his, David's, his counselors, one of his guys that, that helped him as he was a king, why would he turn against David and go with Absalom? Well, it's because Bathsheba was his granddaughter. Did you ever think about that? You see, 2 Samuel chapter number 15, we find here that Ahithophel was David's counselor. It says, And Absalom sent for Ahithophel the Gileanite, David's counselor, from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. So here we find out that Ahithophel was David's counselor, but also he is going to jump sides and go with Absalom. So, so I want you to think about this. When David should be out to war, but he's laying on his couch one night, and he knows what's going out. He knows what's going on out in the city. He knows it's time for the young ladies to bathe on their roofs. And he knows about this young lady named Bathsheba. And he just happens to set his gaze over to her house. And he sends for her and brings her to himself. And you know the story, right? But what we don't see there is we see David's sin... But actually what he's doing is he's not only turning against God, he's turning against one of his friends. He turns against one of his counselors. One of his closest confidants. He turns against him. Bathsheba was Iliam's daughter. Iliam was one of David's mighty men, one of his strongest warriors, his 30 strongest. I mean, he, they were Israel's special forces. Eliam, Bathsheba's dad, was one of David's special forces. I don't care, Eliam. I want to seduce your daughter. Uriah the Hittite, you know, the husband of Bathsheba, the one who's out fighting a battle right now for David while David should be out fighting and David's sitting on his couch. Uriah's out there fighting for the Lord. Even though he's a pagan, initially, he leaves his paganism and follows the God of Israel. He's one of David's special forces. But David takes Uriah's wife and lays with her. So think about that. Uriah, a Gentile who had chosen to follow David and to follow the God of David, and David still chooses to take the wife of Uriah to fulfill David's lust. I go through all of that just to help us see that 
the sin of David with Bathsheba is deeper than we realize. There's more to the story than what first meets the eye. And think about this. David and Ahithophel are probably about the same age. At this time in David's life, he's somewhere around the age of 57 to 60. And since Eliam is Ahithophel's son, he's probably about 20 years younger than Ahithophel. So Eliam's probably somewhere around 40. And then, because Bathsheba is the daughter of Eliam, she's probably around 20. So think about it, if this helps you any. David, a 60-year-old man, lusting for a 20-year-old girl and calling her to his room and committing adultery with her. You get in the picture, right? A king, right? He has power over all the subjects. And what's Bathsheba supposed to do? The king is calling for you. You see, the sin of David is deeper than we sometimes realize. And so later on, and I'm not, I don't think I'm going to look at this passage of Scripture, but do you remember later on when Absalom rebels against David and David says, okay, I'm out of here, and he, David goes and runs from Absalom, and Absalom comes into the city, and, and he goes into David's palace, and he takes David's concubine, and he goes up on the roof, and he goes into David's concubines up on the roof. You know, maybe we don't think about that. Maybe you even say, well, what's Absalom doing that for? And that was the advice that Ahithophel gave to Absalom. So why would Ahithophel give David the advice, or give Absalom the advice, listen, go into your concubines. Go into David's concubines. He advises Absalom to do to David what David had done to Bathsheba. He, Ahithophel advises Absalom to do to David as David had done to him. Picture getting clearer of why Ahithophel turned against David. And we recognize 2 Samuel chapter number 12, verse number 9. 2 Samuel chapter number 12 and verse number 9, we see that when Absalom goes in under the concubines, they're just fulfilling the words of Nathan to David. 2 Samuel chapter number 12, verse number 9, Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor. And he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. So you see, Absalom did that because it was prophesied that that's what was going to take place. But I want you to read on. 
And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also shall put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because of this deed, thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born unto thee shall die. And we go on and we understand that this is not going to happen into the lifetime of David. It's going to happen in the lifetime of David's son. The kingdom is going to be taken from the nation of Israel and given to someone else. And that's going to happen during the time of Solomon. So we see here in this 2 Samuel chapter number 12 that David's going to lose some sons. It's not going to happen during the days of Solomon. It's Solomon's son that's going to happen. But anyway, David loses sons because of his lust. Because of one night of passion, David's going to lose his son. But he's not going to lose one son. He's going to lose four. You see, he's going to born, lose the child born to Bathsheba. David's going to lose Absalom. David's going to lose Ammon because of his sin with Tamar, or Absalom, he's going to lose Ammon. And he's going to use Uriah, lose Uriah the Hittite. Because Ammon followed in his footsteps and took advantage of another to satisfy his own lust. Just as David did, Ammon did the same. He's going to lose all four of those. He's going to lose Bath, the, the son of born to Bathsheba. He's going to lose Absalom. He's going to lose Ammon. And he's going to lose Uriah. But not only that, think of all the other sons he's going to lose in the battle. It wasn't just Uriah that was slain. It was, there were other Jews that were slain. There were other children of Israel. There were other servants of David, sons of David, you might say, that were lost. The point being is this. David's decision to commit one act affected many people. Do you ever think about your sins? Your decisions that you make and how many people they're going to affect? Your sins have a far more reaching effect than what you realize. So we need to consider that. As we think about David, he's probably thinking, hey, I'm going to Bathsheba, she'll be back home, nobody will ever know it. And then we know, he said, well, you know, okay, she's pregnant, so I'm going to get a Hariah, and I'm going to get him to go in to her, and then nobody will ever know the difference. Beware, your sins will find you out. David couldn't cover it up, and because of his one decision, it affected so many people. So, we need to understand that as we think about the history of Israel. But again, we're, we're thinking about where are we at, and we are at, so... Eventually, David and Bathsheba are married. She becomes his wife, and they have a son, and Solomon is the son that is born. And, and there's lots of history there that we could get into, and maybe we will, but Solomon becomes the king. And what does Solomon do? We're going back to the things that they said not to do. It's not to multiply wives unto himself, right? The king is not to multiply wives unto himself. What do we see David doing? Multiplying wives. What do we see 
Solomon doing? Not only does he multiply wives, but he takes wives from the other nations around them. He makes allegiances with foreign nations. And part of his foreign policy was that he would take the daughter of some of those foreign nations that he had made a treaty with, he would take their daughter sort of as the seal of that treaty. Again, going against the plan of God. And what's going to happen because of that? Solomon is not going to follow God with his whole heart. First Kings chapter number 11 and verse number 6 says, And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord as did David his father. David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man after God's own choosing. David is a man that God put his sins away. But David... Because of his sins, didn't require the same obedience out of his sons as he had given to God. And because of that, sin and wickedness built up in the hearts of his sons. And his son learned from the example of their father. And now Solomon does evil in the sight of the Lord. And because of that, if you want to go to 1 Kings chapter number 11. Here's what's going to happen. Verse number 9. And the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which, which hath appeared unto him twice. And he commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, Forasmuch as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and will give it to thy servant. Notwithstanding in thy days I will not do it for David thy father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of thy son, Howbeit I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to thy son for David my servant's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. And the Lord stirred up an adversary unto Solomon, Hadad the Edomite. He was of the king's seed in Edom. So God stirs up adversaries to Solomon because of his sin. Hadad, Rezon, and Jeroboam. And as we read on, God tells Jeroboam, verse 27, And this was the cause that he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon built Milo and repaired the breaches of the city of David his father. And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing the young man, that he was industrious, he made him ruler over the charge of the house of Joseph. And it came to pass that that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem, that the prophet Ahijah the Shilonite found him in the way. He had clad himself with a new garment, and they two were alone in the field. And Ahijah caught the new garment that was on him and rent it in twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take thee ten pieces, for thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon, and will give, uh, will give ten tribes to thee. But he shall have one tribe for my servant David's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Because that they have forsaken me, and have worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, Chemosh, the god of the Moabites, Milcom, the god of the children of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do that which is right in mine eyes, and to keep my statutes and my judgments, as did David his father. Howbeit, 
I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him prince all the days of his life for David, my servant's sake, whom I choose because he has my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and will give it unto thee, even ten tribes. And unto his son will I give one tribe, that David, my servant, may have a light always before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen me to put my name there. And I will take thee, and thou shalt reign according to all that thy soul desireth, and shalt be king over Israel. And it shall be, if thou wilt hearken unto all that I command thee, and wilt walk in my ways, and do that which is right in my sight, to keep my statutes and my commandments, as David my servant did, that I will be with thee, and will build a sure house as I built for David, and will give Israel unto thee, and I will give for, and I will for this afflict the seed of David, but not forever. Solomon therefore sought to kill Jeroboam, and Jeroboam arose and fled into Egypt unto Shishak, king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the day, death of Solomon. So what's going to happen? God's going to take ten tribes from Israel, leave one with Solomon, and Jeroboam's going to be king over that. We know that separation is coming in the days of Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. So that's where we're at when we're at the history of Solomon. But we remember the king of God's people was to be a king unlike the other nations. And when David became king, he was a king unlike the other nations. He was even different than Saul. He made different decisions than Saul made. But even though he was a king after God's own choosing, he allowed his flesh to get in the way. David drifted away from God to satisfying his flesh. And his satisfying his flesh multiplied in his sons. Solomon did evil in the sight of God. David began as a king different than the other nations. But David begins to become a king like the other nations. And that will be played out in the history of Israel. Today we wanted to see, see our decisions affect not only our lives, but the lives of others also. And we want to see and be careful about our sin because our sin makes an impact in more places than just our own lives. But why study this history of Israel? There's many things that we can see in the study of the history of Israel. We can see biblical theology. We can see the plan of God that began in the book of Genesis, really began before Genesis. The plan that God is going to, to why he created and how he's going to redeem his people and all that, you can see it in the history of the nation of Israel. We can see how God is working his determinate counsel and his foreknowledge to accomplish his uh, his purposes. We can see what happens when the people of God deviate from His Word and how they fall into sin. But we can also see the faithfulness of God to His people. And we see that God redeems His people. All of these things and so many more you see as you study the history of Israel. So we're, the story goes on. We're going to continue to look at the history of the nation of Israel to see where God is leading them and to see how God is going to accomplish His purpose through the nation of Israel. Today, Lord, we just thank You for Your Word and, and how You've given us so much to know, so much to understand, so we can see Your hand working in our world today. 
I pray that you'll increase our knowledge and you'll increase our faith. And God, I pray also that we, we will be warned to stay away from sin. That we'll use the example of David and Absalom and Ammon and Solomon and so many others to see where their decisions led them. And that we'll be warned to make decisions that always please you. Thank you for the truths we find in your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Whooping.